Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the third episode in the miniseries, Black Snow. We're at the midway point. I really enjoyed this episode. They are starting to connect some dots, adding layers to who could possibly be our culprit. I'm still heavily leaning on the BFF, Chloe. I think that we haven't really leaned too heavily into what she may possibly be hiding. And there's more going on with her facial expressions with Isabel in the past that has her number one on my suspect list, even though it's not as if anyone got crossed off this week. If anything, this could be a multiplayer type act, which inevitably inevitably led to her murder and everyone doesn't want to speak of their part because it all culminated even if you weren't the one that actually dealt the blunt force trauma which is what killed her before we jump into the review wherever you listen to good podcasts wherever your platform is go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com like share and subscribe we begin the episode with james tracing isabel's footsteps because we know that she went to the i guess the free bike rack went to the formal then saw chloe around 12 30 or somewhere around that that time. And then she was found in the cemetery dead at 6 a.m. So there is a gap between 12.30 when she was last seen and 6 a.m. With the blue car being the last bit of evidence to follow up on. We didn't get any additional scenes. Particularly around the constable being too antagonistic considering his call with Chloe and because we haven't followed up on that I need to know more and she's gonna know exactly what James knows due to the fact that he discusses openly all of his all of his thought processes because he's taken the young Troy under his wing and troy is terrified of dale so i'm sure all dale has to say is what have you been talking about upon tracing her last movements he realizes that someone decided to really go 15 meters out of their way to dump her body at the cemetery which is un it's not reasonable Because even if the person that was following her out of town in the blue vehicle is the one that actually murdered her, why not dump her anywhere in a more convenient place? Why drive 15 meters away through town, not through town, but out of their way to make it to this particular place? 
there's too much ceremony involved for it to not be personal i do like that he's taken troy under his wing even when he saw him visibly upset i even like that he just sat on the desk and and told him to come over without looking at him they get the evidence back that has her dress and the blood stain on it he tells troy to focus on the person in the dress and he's like doesn't that make it worse and he says no because you know who that person is and this is just the remnants that are left behind thought that was rather poignant uh he realizes that there is some type of red substance on her dress that hadn't been logged and that there's been no area around that he's seen particularly on her route where she would have encountered this type of dirt and it looked as if she was crawling through it there's also her missing necklace which she did wear the day of the the prom or the formal which we know is the necklace that anton gave to her but it's nowhere to be found and he says it's just like the hair someone took a piece of her to remember her by and this of course puts anton back in the in the suspect list but he is further down than say hector or chloe and even possibly uh, hazel herself because there's something else that she's holding on to i don't know what that secret could be but someone has to know and then we have the the father who has finally come into the equation steve walcott certainly takes suspect number two slot after his daughter so at this point he decides to go and talk to well first he goes to where the crime scene is and he talks to the coroner so he was the mechanic that used to date isabel if i have that correctly And when he's done getting the information from him, we get some personal information about James because he had called his boss wanting to follow up on who owned the blue vehicle, but is told that his father has called looking for him and that causes him to have quite an emotional outburst. And we get our first insight into why he has himself but why he allows pain to be inflicted upon him because he will inflict it upon himself with any reminder of the whatever the traumatic past he has with his family it seems as if his father certainly wasn't there when he needed him to be and this pisses him off as much as it anguishes him it's been a year daddy I really, really miss you. Mommy says you went to the store to get milk. Anyways. Are they going to tell me we're going to have a scene where Hazel is going to put her hands over that 
that lighter burn like what's this for <laughs> just seems like a typical thing to do but it can serve multiple purposes or just that purpose of why because we could assume in the opening scene that it was just the anniversary of his deceased son is what i'm guessing at and so he wanted to put himself in a state where he could not remember but now we know this is an ongoing and consistent way in which he handles and self-harm is an indicator of a lot of signs of of what he could be inwardly going through and i'll be curious to see those symptoms unfold as he gets closer and closer to the truth of what happened to Isabel. He goes and interviews Tasha, who is definitely hiding something, likely Anton's alibi. She must have mentioned four times how she has to go to work, but then did not get up at all to go out the door to the job that you're supposed to be in a hurry to get to. He then goes and talks to Hazel. I may be out of order here, but it's fine. Talks to Hazel and her mother. Gets the the artwork that Isabel has done. Says this helps because everyone else may have shaky memories, may lie, but this is authentically your daughter and will tell me the most about what her mindset was at that time. I also missed the scene when she ended up confessing because she got a text saying, you have one week to you tell them or I will. I'm sad we didn't get to see who that reveal was. And she ends up admitting that she was the one that talked to her sister that night that she was at the payphone at this gas station because she drives him out to that or has him drive her out to that location that she thought she was drunk she was annoyed she had heard someone pull up her sister didn't answer like do you still need a ride she heard a song playing and claims that she simply dismissed her and went back to to bed and confirmed that her father was indeed home and her mother was working so not only has she managed to alibi both her parents she's managed to admit to something if he possibly sensed that she was hiding or holding back which he's got to so that was a clever way for her to, to cover her bases, but it also makes her continue to be a suspect because I think she knows far more because she very much envied her sister as much as she admired her. And that's typical because she is the one that has stayed under mom and dad's rule. She has her daughter being raised by them she's more on the straight 
and narrow of what dad's path is for her whereas Isabel is much more rebellious and in a fit of anger I think more happened that night that she doesn't want to reveal because that will somehow tarnish what people may think of her particularly her family is my guess I have a sidebar question. Who is Kalana's daddy? It wasn't really a question that I thought too hard about until she was at soccer practice and Anton rolled up. Like, can Kalana stay? I said, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. I cannot recall how old Hazel was supposed to be. I would guess 15. 14, 15, 15 sounds more consistent if Isabel was 17. So that's a little young, but nothing's to say that it happened then. But afterwards, both mourning someone they both, you know, loved. And now there's this secret and that's what they're pushing for more so than what's happening with Isabel because we're assuming that text is and that secret is connected to the case but it may not and it's her aunt Glenda I believe puts the emphasis on the fact that Hazel is good at keeping secrets and she's fully aware of that there's things we don't know and my guess is who the baby daddy is that scene was just weird and tense and she's been snapping her her uh what do you want to call that band-aid rubber band because it's not really a rubber band hair tie whatever doesn't matter she's been snapping that since she saw him and started taking medication so there's something she wants to forget or something she knows about him that that uh, smacks of you did something to my sister but I feel as if that were the case then this scene here with Kalana would have not sparked me to go down the route that I did because <laughs> I didn't have that inclination until that scene unfolded uh we get the information about who owns the blue the blue car seen in the camera footage that night and it ends up belonging to ezekiel who was an older black kid who was seen at the church and who we saw earlier isabel making moon eyes at now that hazel has given where she knows Isabel was last seen, the timeline is now changed and Chloe is no longer the last alibi or not the last alibi, but the last known person to see Isabel alive or know where she was at the time of her death, changing now people's alibis back then of where they were between 
certain times that they wouldn't have thought to chase up on them because they had already said that where they were supposed to have been. And now she's in a location where everyone maybe is a little closer to to her. If I'm making sense, it doesn't sound like I am with that statement. In my brain, it made sense. This leads to the fraught conversation between Hazel and James once again after she thought that they had a moment because he he gave her a, a little hug when she started crying, saying she doesn't know why her sister was out here. Even when Dale tries to point out you might be being played because the person who gave you this information may not be so trustworthy especially not more trustworthy than Chloe. I think Dale is protecting Chloe more than anything else because Chloe feels the need to be protected. Why is that, Chloe? She thinks that he's listening to slander, even though he said that he wouldn't. He's like, no, I'm following up on a credible lead. Actually, I'm just asking you a question. I heard this bit of information. Could it possibly be true? Because she broke up with her boyfriend the night of the prom. And being with someone else could be a reason for that. Her aunt is the one that has to check her being like, girl, yo, your sister has secrets too. Okay. You learned from the best. And I know a little black boy that definitely she was eyeing up. Everybody saw it at the barbecue. Which leads to Ezekiel. Hazel goes with him because she's like, look, ain't nobody going to talk to a colonizer. And they find out from Ezekiel's wife that he passed away last year from cancer, I believe. But that he was responsible for two cousins, which were also the sons of the chief. He brought shame on their family because they went missing. And they find out that None other than Isabel's father has been sending cards fully aware of Ezekiel probably being connected to that blue car as well. And this is not good because Hazel tells her father not only about that phone call, but that she knows he wasn't in his bedroom that night. She's at first happy because he claims to be in the church taking confession from someone discussing their sins, but he won't give up the name of who he spoke to. And he's not worried about anyone's judgment, but God's boy, if you don't get, I wonder who's going to be confessing to a sin because we know he seems to kiss ass. Even though he was the first one that was like, yeah, the people in this town can't be trusted. It feels as if he is protecting someone. And the person you would protect the most is the one with the power. And that seems to be Mr. Walcott. We go back into the past and get more of the setting of what was going on in Isabel's life. 
Oh, as she and Chloe hang out and they're talking about the formal, she's still wearing Anton's necklace. And I have to admit, was it really just a fight? Because y'all been fighting for more than a while and he's been disrespecting you and you're letting it happen. Get your man. Chloe definitely had a look about it. You know who else was there? Hector. We had talked to Hector at the top of the episode. When I say we, I mean James. And uh, I don't think he did himself any favors during that interview. Bruh, you looking real sussy over there. He needed to continue to paint like he couldn't sit still. Uh, he talked about how everybody loved Izzy. Oh, I was in the occult thing, but it was just high school. His boyfriend in the back is doing the most with the ear hustling. It's not even subtle, sir. And he gets uncomfortable when it comes to pointing to any fingers, which is crazy because out of anyone, Hector would be that one talking that shit because that's all he did in the past as we see he's like um you should wear it if even if you weren't with him just to throw it in his face and despite the fact that chloe continues to make fun of hector and isabel indulges that just a bit she still hangs out with hector hector eventually gets to show her what he recorded because he's just been dying to show that Chloe's dad is sus because he seems to be coming on to one of the women telling them to come up to the house. And later on, as Chloe is showing her how she's decked out the van, she sees that same woman now working very prettily dolled up and natively, I might add as a maid in the house and chloe explains that her father does this as some type of charity you know if if the one of the guys wives if they they one of the guys can't work he'll get a job for their wives and i don't think that job just includes cleaning the house can i put my balls in your jaw your child balls in your jaws Isabel isn't taking it too seriously, but she's not dismissing it in any way. She's like, oh, I got to go to work at the video store. And he's like, can I come? Then she tells him about a movie that she likes the dresses in. And that gets him so happy that the look he gives her makes me kind of feel like he wants to be her or possibly is in love with her. I just know they are far more intrusive and she should be far more wary of them than she is. She's just very, uh, I don't know, indulgent when it comes to Hector. They laugh over the fact that their teacher is renting basic instinct for the third time that week. And she waves to Anton, but he doesn't even acknowledge her, just gets in the car. Hector sees this. And all this shit Hector should be bringing up right now, and he's not. And there's only one reason you'd be keeping your mouth shut. They got something on you. But he got her necklace. So there's that. Her missing necklace. Could you have 
put in her hair in the box to Hector because if anyone knew where Isabel was that night, it's gonna be stalker fucking Hector. Uh, they then, Chloe and Isabel have two little spats that don't, they never seem to boil over, but it, it's simmering. And that's why she's number one on my suspect list. First, it's with the shirts. She's like, no, maybe we should be spending money on food and necessary supplies. And she's like, oh, no, you can pay me back. It's okay. Bitch, I didn't ask you to buy that shirt for me. It was almost like a forced indebtedness. And then there was the scene where she says, we're all prepared if someone would tell their parents. Why do you give a fuck if I tell my parents or not? I mean, what does it matter to you? If my parents care or approve, if we're still up in the car, maybe she thinks they'll be able to stop her. Maybe that that's her fear. Like we're not going to be able to go because your father's going to put his foot down and you're not going to be able to resist. And then we're going to be out this, but she said, I don't give a fuck. I'll send, I'll tell my dad in a postcard. He won't even know I'm gone before he gets the news. So what is her game here? Does she secretly want her to be forbidden to go so that it's canceled? Because that's what a vindictive bitch would do that she's supposed to be your best friend. (laughs) I don't know. But her father is the type to lose his temper because we saw him do so with those crazy ass eyes of his. He looks like Ike Turner for real. Especially when he found out when Isabel comes home that she was reading Maya Angelou because her sister started reading it as well. Hazel tries to apologize. I love that she said it's not your fault and hugged her, but her dad gets up in her face saying, if you live under my roof, you're going to follow my rules. And that means not being cultured at all, learning about your actual true heritage or any black identity that is outside of your heritage which is odd very odd for a black man to want his daughter to do and i loved her response you don't know my my uh one if she went in my room then it's my room it's my stuff you don't know my mind you don't know my desires you can back the fuck up but that she backs up the way she does because of his temper in the way in which he snapped over a very minuscule type of thing. Yeah, telling him about me leaving for university is not going to go over well. And I think Chloe knows enough about the situation that she should be more in support of telling him from the road than she should about continuing the press that she tell her parents. She was pretty bold with Ezekiel too. She went right up to him. Maybe because Anton knows that she's lying about her location and he was waiting for her that day and she never showed up, but she showed up first and he was running late and she saw some shit, which made her not return. She starts to look into the Anku. Anku? 
uh, at school chloe saw that she was looking into that because she's like mom's waiting to give us a ride so if chloe knows anything about what's going on she would know that her friend is starting to look in places that are dangerous places to be looking she then rolls up on uh ezekiel passing out hats because he works in the fields and offers a nice spot for them to go and hang out very much uh (laughs) a boss ass when it comes to what she wants that's for damn sure so maybe we can go to this uh place that's our true home together like hold on we just met but then things turn sour because she admits that she saw a boy with the same symbol on his chest as the one she sees on Ezekiel's he demands forcefully driving her out into to the location where she was she tells him what happened he gets upset starts uh banging on an oil drum and she bolts because what she thought was uh cute and romantic turned terrifying very quickly and this is someone older than her and we know now it was ezekiel that was following her that night we don't know if he's the one that killed her i'm sure that information in dale's hands though will make him the prime suspect and the person that clearly had the motive only thing is did he have access well they said anyone had access to the 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 time thing so there's that because they're not going to want to keep digging even further into what could possibly be going on with with what whatever's going on in the history that they're trying to cover up there was a scene at the statue because hazel comes to ask if kalana had once again taken paint to it but she did not someone wrote 6200 i believe which was the number of slaves that were brought to the island and troy's like i didn't even know we had slaves in australia it's political bullshit so someone else is supporting kalana's cause at first i thought it might be troy and it still possibly could be i don't know who else would be would be doing so what else is important in this episode that i forgot to mention uh oh anti-missing school what the fuck is that about why was he missing school back then it seems as if uh, something's going on in his family dynamic because they definitely have a hold on him isabel clearly went digging further into chloe's father who we see at the episode at the end of the episode sitting at a bar zooming in of a photo he still has on his phone of his daughter's best friend which is not creepy at all so what did these people do to make isabel so disillusioned 
by the people around her that when she left she had every intention to expose them that continues to be the mystery this episode was well paced in giving us more clues revealing more information and revving up the stakes which is always what you want to see in the middle of a show i just hope the next three don't nosedive i hope this isn't the peak if i didn't state it prior i gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10 once again if you want to send feedback my information will be below like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic Thank <laughs> you.